T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Fun, entertaining, knowledgeable. All right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Live and local. It's time for the Fan Morning Show with Bart Winkler. Bart Winkler Morning Show. Toby Altizer in for Bart Winkler today and tomorrow. Alongside Tim Shea here in the Lakeland University studios. Earn co-op credit for work experience at lakelands.edu. Talk Packers football. We've talked Brewers baseball. Let's talk a little bit more about the Brewers. Got some of your guys' reaction to the weekend series against the St. Louis Cardinals in that first hour. You want to give us... A call, 414-677-1250, 414-677-1250. Got some things I want to break down with this, and we'll probably dive back into the Packers in that final hour. So I want to start with this. I saw that Jerry, who tweets into the show quite often, he tweeted something last night. Let me find this real quick. But he, he tweeted something last night that I thought was interesting. He said, talking about this Josh Hader trade, he tweeted last night saying that what would have what would have Hader been worth in the offseason if he continues sliding? Should have waited, nah, but we'll see. So here's what I want to look at this trade again. Because this is what's frustrating for me. So if we break down this trade and what's come of it, this is essentially how it breaks down. So the initial trade is Josh Hader to San Diego. Then you have coming back Denelson Lamette, Taylor Rogers, both major league arms, and then Gasser, a prospect pitcher, and then Esturi Ruiz. So, okay, you get two mid-level prospects. I believe it was what, like the number seven prospect, number 28 prospect in the Padres organization. So decent prospects, but not like a top five guy. All right, so then let's look at this, how it worked out. Denelson Lamette gets DFA'd because who knows why? Because the Brewers don't know what they're doing. So Denelson Lamette gets DFA'd. So we can take him out of the trade now because the Brewers apparently didn't value him enough to DFA Jake McGee or Pedro Severino or one of those guys that they DFA'd two days later or something like that. They didn't value him enough to keep him around until then. They DFA'd him. So let's take him out of the trade. So then it comes down to Taylor Rogers and the two prospects. Now, Taylor Rogers and Josh Hader over the last, what, month and a half, two months, 
have been pretty much the same pitcher. Can we agree on that, Tim? I think they're pretty much oh, yeah. the same guy. And it's and it's when they want to uh, uh, blow games, they do. Yeah, so pretty much. Pretty much the same guy. So then, Josh Hader has the rest of this season and next year an arbitration left on his contract. Taylor Rogers has the rest of this season and then he's a free agent. So here's where it gets frustrating for me. If you just wanted a guy that, if you wanted prospects, and that's what the whole plan was, you should have traded him in the offseason. Because essentially how this trade has worked out, if we agree that Hayter and Rodgers are the same guy, is that you kept the same pitcher in your bullpen and added two mid-level prospects, right? I mean, essentially, if we kept Hayter, didn't get the prospects, then it'd be the same thing as having Taylor Rodgers right now and you'd still have a year of control. So then are you telling me that in the offseason, they couldn't have traded him for two better prospects than Gasser and Ruiz? Because that's what this trade comes down to. Because do you think they're re-signing Taylor Rogers with the way he's pitched? I don't think so. I mean, maybe he can prove us wrong over the last month and a half and get things turned around, but as things stand right now, they're not re-signing Taylor Rogers. So if this is a salary dump move, which Mark Adonacio said it's not. Take that at what it's worth. But if this is a salary dump move and they're looking for bites at the apple down the road, shouldn't Josh Hader draw more than two prospects? Because that's essentially what this turns out to be. Because they could have sat on their hands and done nothing and still had Josh Hader in this clubhouse and still been pretty lively group. Because they wouldn't have had all this. I mean, think of all the stuff we wouldn't have to deal with here. We wouldn't hear from Devin Williams sounding depressed in the locker room that his buddy's been traded. We wouldn't hear from Christian Yelich and these guys saying, yeah, I mean, we'd be lying if it didn't mess with us. We'd, be, we'd, we'd miss out on David Stearns having the press conference. We'd miss out on Mark Adonacio trying to throw David Stearns under the bus. We'd miss out on all that. And we'd just have Josh Hader in town. Now he might still be struggling. He might be the same guy as Taylor Rogers, but it wouldn't mess with the clubhouse. And then in the offseason, you could trade him and you could get more than probably those two prospects, right? So I get the idea of trading Josh Hader. I do. I wasn't on board with it earlier. You know, Tim and I had a show. When was that, Tim, that you pitched that idea? That was a while ago. Was that like beginning of May? Yeah, right? it was like May and, or June. And I and let's go back to that that Sunday when I suggested that to you. I believe you said, "Oh, you're gonna get ripped." Well, yeah, I ripped you for it. Yeah, and that well, was, but that was also during his streak. Uh, yeah, that was also when he was. Yeah, that was untouchable. Early May. Yeah. So, but do you understand how I'm laying this out here? In that essentially, they're they didn't gain anything by doing this trade now. Because essentially they got a guy, and part of the reason they did this trade was they could bring back Taylor Rogers and Denelson Lamette so they wouldn't hurt their chances right now. Well, if that was your plan, you shouldn't have moved him altogether because then you could just move him for three prospects in the offseason. Because essentially, again, what you got was Josh Hader, the same guy, and two prospects because you're not keeping Taylor Rogers. Is this making sense, Tim? I... I, I I had this all laid out in my head. I don't know if I explained it as well, but I, I think this is kind of where I'm going with. Like, if you don't move him now, you could have gotten more for him in the offseason. So why did you move him? Because Taylor Rogers at this point is useless. 
Like he's fifth at least in terms of high red leverage relievers for me. So if that's the case, then why'd you make the move? Why did you make the move? I think you could have gotten plenty more in the offseason. You could have looked ahead to the future in that sort of case and said, all right, we're going to get bites at the apple. You could have said that in the offseason by getting your guys, getting some prospects, and then signing a reliever. If you wanted Taylor Rogers so bad, he's going to be a free agent after this year anyways. You could have signed him then. So I think overall the way that the Brewers went about this by saying let's make this trade now and have a high-leverage lefty. Well, you already had a high-leverage lefty. You traded him for two prospects, essentially, and neither one's going to help you this year. I think they really dropped the ball with that trade. Thinking about it in that way last night may be really frustrating because if Ruiz and Gasser don't pay off, then it doesn't work out. This trade, you know, we talked with Kyle Glazer after the trade from Baseball America, and he said that the trade for him kind of really hinged on Taylor Rogers and Denelson Lamette. Well, if neither one of those guys are in town past next season, then what was the point? Either go full on for this year or go full on on the bites at the apple approach. Don't go half and half like you did. So you DFA Lamette. You are probably not going to keep Taylor Rogers and you bring back two prospects. Either you trade for three and four prospects or you trade for someone that can help you right now in center field. Like, what was the plan here? Just to do absolutely nothing? Because that's basically what they did with the hater trade. They didn't improve their team. I don't know how much they improved their team in the future, to be honest. Maybe it makes them better right now, but could they have not made themselves better by trading for three and four prospects in the offseason? I mean, I'm sick and tired of talking about this, but with how bad Taylor Rodgers has looked, what's the point? What is the point? If Taylor Rodgers is going to be this poor, then why in the world would you trade for him? Jerry tweets back in and says, Have we overvalued Hater? Why wouldn't another team give up more? How come we haven't heard how other GM, other beat guys or GMs have said the teams they cover would have given up a ton more? It's just curious to me. And maybe we have. Maybe that is the case here. I, I don't tend to think so. But I here's the issue. When they do this and they say they never made an outgoing phone call, don't have a problem with that as your initial pitch and saying, you know what? We're not going to try and actively trade Josh. If someone calls in and gives us, gives us an offer we can't refuse, we'll trade him. Sure. That's basically how anyone works, right? I mean, as much as you want to say so-and-so is untouchable, well, let's be honest. How many untouchable players are there in all of Major League Baseball? Tim, are there, like, what, Julio Rodriguez with the Mariners, I think, is untouchable at this point. Uh I, you, I can't say Mike Trout. He, I don't know that there is really such a thing as an untouchable player because if you send me an offer where you send me everything, I'm not going to say no. So, exactly. So for to say Josh Hader is like untouchable is not wrong. So I, I don't think that's the – but I also don't think that calling out on players is the right idea. So I get where the Brewers were coming from. Hey, we're not going to call out. We're not going to actively try and trade Josh. But if you come in with the right offer, we'll trade Josh Hader. And that's what they did. But wouldn't you think, too, 
isn't this a smart business practice, Tim, that if you find the right offer and you say, you know what, we'll probably accept this, wouldn't you call another team then? Wouldn't you call the Dodgers? If you're going to trade them in the same league, wouldn't you call the Dodgers and say, hey, want to beat this? Wouldn't you call the Mets? Wouldn't you call the Yankees? Hey, want to beat this? Wouldn't you call all those teams if they didn't answer or they didn't beat it? Okay, fine. Then you do the trade. But I really think that you could have gotten more. I really do. And I think the idea that they decided to go with a mix of both, helping the now and the future, ended up hurting both of them. They didn't help themselves now because they brought over Taylor Rodgers, exact same guy. And I I don't know that anyone's going to ever tell you that he's better than Josh Hader. So even though Hader has struggled, there's still something to have in Josh Hader over Taylor Rodgers. So they didn't help themselves now. And then in the future, they didn't really help themselves because they didn't get the top-level guys. You know, maybe I'm wrong about Gasser and Ruiz. Maybe those guys turn out to be great, but this is now where this thing hinges. If Ruiz and Gasser never end up being anything, more than what? A fourth, fifth outfielder and a back end of the rotation type guy, then I think you really failed. Because if you're going for that, why wouldn't you trade for just a single guy that's a higher level prospect? Why wouldn't you trade and say, you know what, we're not giving you him unless we get C.J. Abrams or we get that James Wood or we get one of these guys that went to the Nationals? I think they really failed in this department because they kind of, they couldn't make up their mind. If you want to go for bites at the apple, you're going to frustrate me, but go for bites at the apple. Go for the big-name guys. Or if you're going to go for mid-level prospects, give me three and four of them. If you're going to go all-in right now, go all-in. But for them to kind of waver on the fence, I think holds them back. And for what? For what? The Brewers had the opportunity. So acting like them trading Josh Hader, and this is like... They just had to do it, and so this is what they ended up with, I think is the wrong idea. I think that they did eventually plan on moving Josh Hader. I think that was the plan, and I think eventually it was going to happen. But for them to move him when they did and get what they did, I think they really failed. I, I, I just think that the trade overall has ruined this club's chances of really doing anything, and I don't even know if it's in a quantifiable way, like, on the field. Like, yeah, Taylor Rogers and Josh Hader might cancel each other out as pitchers in the back end of the bullpen at this point. I still think Hader's better, but take it as you will. I think they really hurt the chemistry, the trust in that clubhouse to the point that these guys, I think, checked out a little bit. I do. And maybe they'll get locked back in. But I think this really, really hurt themselves. And usually where Craig Council kind of does a really good job at rallying the team and gathering the troops together and, and going out there and winning games is, is just it's been missing the last couple of weeks. So it just it it just seems like they can't shake this trade off and I don't know if council is I'm I'm sure council has said, you know, hey, let's we gotta move on. We gotta win games, we gotta you know, goal. Our goals are still out there. Yeah, it, and it's just it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And and here's why: 
Again, I don't know if I'm making a whole lot of sense here. It makes a lot of sense in my head. I don't know if I'm explaining it well enough, but this is essentially how it worked out. You traded Josh Hader since you DFA'd Denelson Lamette for Gasser and Ruiz. You say, well, they got Taylor Rogers. Well, you had Josh Hader for the rest of the year anyways. So you essentially traded him for the two prospects is what you ended up with because those prospects aren't helping you this year. So that's what you traded him for. And we don't even think he got they got enough when they traded for Rodgers, Lamette, and the two prospects, much less just getting the two prospects. So I, I really don't know what they were thinking. I think David Stearns is looking at that New York job and thinking it's all the more appealing. And that's got to be really discouraging if you're a Brewers fan because how much of the last five, six years of success has been because of what David Stearns has been able to create for this baseball team. And if he's gone, you think Matt Arnold's going to fill in and do as good of a job as David Stearns? Because I, I, I don't have that confidence level. Maybe he can. I just haven't seen it. And it's just so weird, too, that Matt Arnold's technically the GM of this team, and we don't ever talk about him. All we ever talk about is David Stearns, president of baseball ops. Either way, I think they really dropped the ball on this one. I really do. Speaking of dropping the ball, though, there's one place that never drops the ball when you go there. One place that's never going to let you down. Some place you can go watch some Brewers games, and that's fourth base. Hey, guys, it's Bart Winkler. Quick message about fourth base sports bar. You have to be familiar with it by now. 45 years they've been up and running. But maybe you're not. Maybe you haven't gone yet to the Horseshoe Bar on National Avenue where Major League was filmed. Maybe you haven't seen a atmosphere where this looks like a pretty nice sports bar. What's that over there? A deli case menu with steaks and burgers and crab legs and pork chops and fish fry and kebabs and more. You can get it all at the Fourth Base Sports Bar and Restaurant. Again, this is a unique setting where it's the great atmosphere to watch the game with the memorabilia everywhere but food like you are in the finest dining that you'll have in the great town that we live in. Pre-game, post-game, during the game, you want to make your own memories. Check them out, everybody, at the iconic fourth base on National Avenue. Check them out on Facebook. More of the Bart Winkler Show and Brewers Talk comes up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 12.50 a.m., The Fan. It's the Bart Winkler Morning Show on a Monday. Toby Altizer in for Bart Winkler alongside Tim Shea here in the Lakeland University studios. Talking about the Milwaukee Brewers as they lose two of three to go down a game and a half in the National League Central to the Cardinals 
over the weekend. You can give us a call, 414-677-1250, 414-677-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. Another thing we got to talk about. We talked about the hater trade, Taylor Rogers. He's awful. Had someone tweet me in the break. Tim tweeted, Brewers management really screwed up. I think he's dead on. I think they really did not put themselves in the best position either for the future or for the present. But then looking at what they've done now in center field, what is the answer in center field? Really, what is the answer in center field? So right now you're going to play Tyrone Taylor out there. You're going to play Andrew McCutcheon every day out there. You're going to play Jonathan Davis. What's the plan out there? You know, I've listened to Tim over the last couple of nights on the postgame show, and I think he's done a really good job of elaborating on what are they doing? Like, Jonathan Davis is on this baseball team for what? Is he helping out the Brewers at all? What's the point of having a guy on the 26-man roster if he's really never going to get in the game? Because there's other guys that could be up in the majors, cutting their teeth, and get into work for this baseball team. I can think of three off the top of my head. Oh, I don't know. Mitchell, Weimer, Freilich. I mean, heck, if you want to get into it, Ruiz. That's at least four guys that you could have up here. And like you said earlier, you didn't have to cut Lorenzo Cain if this is what you're doing with uh, Davis. You're still paying Lorenzo Cain. So why not just have him on the team and in that leader? Maybe he could have squashed these or helped out with the uh, Josh Hader trade with some of these players. Or maybe he would have been so frustrated by the Josh Hader trade that he might have been done himself. <laughs> True, yeah. But I, I, at what point do you bring up one of these guys? Sal Freilich's been killing it in AAA. At what point do you bring him up? You, you bring up the Kane thing. If you were just going to keep Jonathan Davis to be a defensive replacement, because that's all I can see him as at this point, right? You're worried about defense and center field. And I think rightfully so, because this team is supposed to be, emphasis on supposed to be, built on run prevention, pitching and defense, and then occasional offense. And pretty much what we've gotten this year is the occasional offense, and that's about it. I'm interested to see if they do something in center field, because again, if you're just going to use him as a defensive replacement, that's what Lorenzo Cain was. And Lorenzo Kane could have been around here as a veteran leader, could have been around here as an occasional bat off the bench. Was he good when he was here? No. I'm not trying to advocate for him being here. We'd still be frustrated calling for him to be cut. But then what was the point of doing it if you're just going to bring up Jonathan Davis for him to ride the pine every single day? Why don't you bring up Sal Freilich? We'll start a service timer. Well, come on. I question if that's part of the reason they didn't make a move in center field is because they look down in the minors and they see Garrett Mitchell. They see Ruiz. They see Sal Freilich. They see Joey Weimer, those guys. And I don't know that all those guys play center field, but they're like, why would we trade for an outfielder when we have those guys? Okay, so then why don't you call any of those guys up? Why don't you bring up Freilich to the major league level and see what he can do? A left-handed bat that hits for average in the Brewers lineup? Oh, I don't know. That could fit perfectly. Because guess what none of the Brewers hitters do? Hit for average. So what's the point of doing all this if you're not even going to give these guys a chance? You say, well, they might start the service timer. Okay, come on. I mean, what what does that end up costing you? 
is you also have four and five of these guys. Because now you got to think Churio's down there too. Not saying he should get called up, but that's five outfielders right there with Ruiz being another one. Five outfielders. You're not going to have five outfielders on this team. Christian Yelich is going to be on this team for a while. That's six outfielders. So at some point, shouldn't you call one of these guys up? Give them a chance? I mean, think about this too. Say, say Sal Fralick is sitting down there in the minors and he comes up eventually, maybe next year, and he eventually turns out to be a really good player. Does he want to re-sign with the Brewers if he feels like he was worthy to be up in the bigs at the end of this season, but they wouldn't bring him up because service time? We've seen this before with other teams, a manipulation, and it builds a poor relationship with the ball club because they feel like they're getting used, and they are to an extent. They are. So why is South Freelich not getting called up? Why? Are, and I, I don't know how you can rationalize this. I'm not saying they have to start in center field over Tyrone Taylor, but it'd give you a bat off the bench. What is Jonathan Davis right now for this ball club? What is he? Anything? At least what you'd get out of one of these guys is the opportunity for them to be good. You get the possibility of them being someone that can help out. Think about this. What has Jonathan Davis given you throughout his career? You already know what he is. You know exactly what he is. Nothing special. He can be a solid defensive replacement for you. But would you feel more confident in a Sunday lineup where Craig goes and throws in the towel for whatever reason on a Sunday with Mario Feliciano behind the plate and then throws in his backup center fielder? Wouldn't you feel a little bit better if his backup center fielder is Sal Freilich instead of Jonathan Davis? I, I don't understand where they're going. And this is part of the reason why I've tried to be positive about this team, and I just can't anymore. I still see the path for them to go on a run. I do. I still see a way for them to make it into October and make some noise. But what's the point for me to try and even make a make a rational reasoning when David Stearns and this organization doesn't even believe in themselves to do it? If they don't believe in themselves to do it, then why should I? Because they're the ones that actually go out there and play. They're the ones that actually go out there and put the product on the field. And if they're just going to go out there and they're going to say that this is their best baseball team, then they're lying to you. If they're going to go out there and tell you that they improve their baseball team at the deadline, I think they're lying to you. Because, sure, maybe you added Matt Bush, which definitely helps the bullpen. And, you know, maybe we were wrong about Matt Bush. Who cares about his age? I forget who brought that up, but I think he's dead on. We looked at 36 years old. Well, who cares? He's just helping you out for a year or two. He's been good. So Matt Bush is awesome, but Taylor Rogers sucks. He's going to be useless down the stretch. Gasser and Ruiz aren't going to help you this year. You DFA to Nelson Lamette, and out of everybody in that trade, including Josh Hader, Nelson Lamette looks like the best player out of all of them at this point. And you DFA'd him, now he's in Colorado. So what are you trying to do here? Are you trying to win a World Series? You're trying to win the division? Because I, 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 don't, I don't know what they're trying to do. I really don't. If you're trying to win a World Series, then I don't think you should have traded Josh Hader. If you're trying to just win the division, but also be good down the road, fine with the Hader trade, good with the Matt Bush trade, but then why aren't you calling up one of these center fielders? Why aren't you calling up Sal Freilich? Why aren't you giving one of these guys a chance? 
the idea that, well, there's not precedent for it, or there's not this. You can be a first, man. If the guy's ready, call him up. If the dude is ready, then give him a shot. And I think that South Freelich would be fine at the major league level. Tim, what's the worst he could do? Hit 220? He'd fit right in. He'd fit perfectly on <laughs> like, this team, right? <laughs> like, what's the worst that could happen? He shows up and can't hit? Well, exactly. guess what? So does everyone else on this team. 100%. And even if you're going to say, well, he can't fill in there, well, you're going to give Yelly days off so he can fill in in left field. He can fill in in right field. You need Hunter Renfro to give a day off and DH. I mean, at this point, what is the plan in center field? It's got to be, if they're trying to win, it's got to be Andrew McCutcheon almost every day. Otherwise, he's DHing. Like, honestly, I, I don't see where this is going. And it's where it gets really frustrating for me is I want to see this team succeed. I want to see them win. And I think there's clear ways to try and do that. And if you push the buttons and they don't work, that's fine. At least you're trying. But when I can see clear ways that they can try and improve this baseball team and at least push the buttons and they're just sitting there fiddling their thumbs and not doing a single thing, that's when it makes me lose interest as a fan. Because why am I putting all this effort into every single day and investing my time when it seems like you're sitting back there doing nothing? caring less about this thing than I am. And I know they care. I know that they want to try and win. And I'm sure that they're honestly looking at it and thinking this is their best chance. I I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I, I don't think that there's much hope for this baseball team going forward. Tim, you put up a poll. Um, will the Brewers make the postseason? Still not tons and tons of votes. But right now, 68% say no. And I voted yes, but how am I to tell people that they're going to make the postseason? So this is something we've been doing. We started last week and we'll continue this week. Just putting up a poll pretty much every day because we started last week on Tuesday and it was at 25%. They won a couple games and it got up to 40% at the end of last week. So we're doing it again this week after this weekend. Uh, do you think the Brewers will make the postseason? And it will start out low, and if they get a couple wins against the Dodgers, that thing's going to shoot right back up again. So it's just interesting to see the you know the roller coaster. Yeah, it for sure team. is. I got something else I want to talk about because could the Brewers go through a rebuild and be fine? I think it's interesting. I generally would say no, but I got some personal firsthand experience. That we'll bring up next here on the Bart Winkler Morning Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Tim Shea. More to come here on 1250 AM, The Fan. 1250 AM, The Fan. It's the Bart Winkler Morning Show here on a Monday. Toby Altizer alongside Tim Shea here in the Lakeland University studios. Talking about the Milwaukee Brewers. 414-677-1250 if you want to hop in. Again, 414-677-1250 or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, The Fan. So here's something that I think is interesting because I think the whole reason that we're discussing a lot of these things is because of this Josh Hader trade and then the comments afterwards. Bites at the apple. I'm so sick of that bites at the apple thing. I really am. If I hear that one more time, which I'm probably going to say it five more times in this next 10 minutes, bites at the apple. I'm so sick of that mantra. But either way, 
we talk about that, talk about what David Stern said, and I don't think Mark and his family, I don't think the fans want a prolonged rebuild. I think they want bites at the apple. There it is again. Could the Brewers really go through a downtick where they went on a losing season? I think it's interesting because I generally would say, yeah, I mean, they'd be fine. They've gone through stretches where they're pretty, pretty bad, and they still had quite a few people show up to the ballpark, and they still had quite a few people watching games. That being said, me, a fan of a team that is terrible in a downtick, Tim, I don't know the last time I watched the Nationals game. They're not relevant. I don't turn them on the TV. I don't, I, I, I get their score notifications. That's cool, but I haven't watched them. Are you excited I, for their future? I am. Okay. I'm very excited. I think C.J. Abrams is getting called up today. I, I'm excited about all that. But does that mean that I'm going to watch it every night? Probably not. So then the question then becomes, is David Stearns right that they can't deal with a prolonged rebuild? So this idea of bites of the apple, although it may never result in a World Series, is actually the best way to keep this Brewers franchise relevant and staying in Milwaukee? I don't think so. Tim, you've watched some bad baseball for the Brewers mm-hmm. working there. Mm-hmm. You think they could go through, a, let's say, a three, four-year... I don't know that they're going to lose 100 games, but three, four-year stretch where they're going into the season, you know they're not going to win the World Series or they're not going to win the division. I mean, we've done it once. Why not again? I mean, it's going to be frustrating, though, if they don't do anything here this year next year you would imagine that will that rebuild would start after next year right um i think they would have or one going more into year. next year oh here's the question then going like when, into, when does the rebuild start going into the final season are they trading burns that's because if that's the case then i think it would be after next season are they trading woody so trading them mid-season next year? No, no, not mid-season. Because okay, so. I think they've got two more years of arbitration. Okay. So they could. Tr- you're not trading a starter in the middle of the season. They trade him to maximize value. After. Yeah, before the season, after the season, whatever. So I don't know. I'd be frustrated. I think. I mean, I'd, I'd you know, you have, you have to, but I'd be very frustrated if, if they don't get anything out of this. What hap- What's happened over the last, what, well, so then 2018? Is this all a moot point, though? Like, if if you re- if they really think that they can't go through a prolonged rebuild and sustain a reasonable attendance number and all those things, then the, I can the, understand they'll, the move. They'll moves, draw two million, but it that's matter. where I'm. F- it doesn't matter. I, that's exactly kind of where I'm. I'm at. I think it's totally different. Where Brewers fans, it's just part of the fabric to go to Miller Park, American Family Field. During the summertime, isn't it? Like, that's just part of something mm-hmm. you do in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they're a 100-win team or a 100-loss team. You're showing up to the ballpark at least once or twice during the summer now, to watch the Brewers. If they have, you know, multiple years with losing 100 games, then it might get a little... But how, little how dire are we talking here? Because it t- they'd have to get real bad, real, real bad, to lose 100 games for a couple seasons. Yeah, I, I, it's just... Is is it like if they lose a hundred games three years in a row, then oh, yeah. they look they look real bad yes. and to the point that they'd have to consider leaving Milwaukee? No, not that bad. <laughs> so then, what what are they doing here? What what's the point here? 
I think the idea that they're going for both. We're trying to win now while also having bites at the apple so we don't have a prolonged rebuild. I need you to either make up your mind here. And maybe they have made up their mind and we're just not happy with it. I think they have figured out their philosophy. Their philosophy is, let's be a B-level ball club for as long as we can be. Maybe even a B-level ball club. Because guess what? You might be frustrated about them this year, but you still showed up to the ballpark. Even if they missed the playoffs, you still showed up to the ballpark. And guess what? Going into next season, you're still going to show up to the ballpark. Because when it comes March, spring training rolls around, opening day rolls around in April, you're going to think, you know what? The Brewers got a chance at winning the division. Let's roll up and watch them at American Family Field. Let's go to our opening day. And then it comes June and they're still around. Let's go watch the Brewers. Is that just our whole reasoning here? Not saying it's just all money-driven, but thinking that they want to keep the team in Milwaukee so they've got to do all this stuff. I think that they're wrong on this. I think that they could go through a three- and four-year rebuild. Now, if they go into a sort of slump where, what is it, Seattle hasn't been in the playoffs in how long? Okay, maybe that'd be a bit of a problem. But I think that they could go through a little bit of a rebuild, three, four, five years. If it's something that goes on for a decade, okay, maybe you're in trouble. Three, four, five years, why couldn't you go through something like that and still bring fans in? I think that they could. I really do. 414-677-1250. Again, 414-677-1250. Let's get out to John on the east side. John, what's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Pretty you good. Know, what's going before on? I make my, before I make my point, I, I, you know, to answer your question, the Brewers, could they could – afford to go through a rebuild just because with, I mean, Brewers fans are obviously loyal to the team. And I think the Brewers love to hold on to the word prospects. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if fans knew that there were these prospects that they were grooming to come up in a, you know, a two to three year period, you know, they could, they could have a couple down years in order to get, you know, those guys ready to come up and people would still go out. I mean, Brewers fans love to tailgate, you know, they love to be out in the sun you know, they love to, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's Brewers baseball and the Brewers in the summer, you know, honestly, they have Wisconsin fans attention until the end of August when the Packers start, well, so they could afford to do it. And here's another one. I'm not saying anything negative here. How many people pull up to the ballpark without even knowing where the Brewers are in the standings? Right, exactly. They just say, hey, we have tickets to the game on Friday night, so let's meet at 430 when the you know, when the parking lot opens, and I don't know who they're playing, but, you know, we're going to be able to watch baseball for the next three and a half hours. So I think they could do it. And I think, you know, the, I think a big question would be, how do how, how do the Brewers, how does the organization know that they wouldn't be able to kind of go all in and afford to do it, uh, you know, a couple years? Well, and I think this is where they're, I think they this, haven't is, done it. this is where they're foolish, too. If there's an organization in a small market that could probably pull it off, if they just it's look the at their history, it's the Milwaukee right. Brewers. Right. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, I, you know, my point, you know, when I called was going to be, you know, the more that I think about it, the more disgusted I am with what the Brewers did. I mean, just the fact that, you know, you were, what, what were they, four games up? You were a first-place team mm -hmm. going to the trade deadline. And you traded probably one of your top three players, and you got worse. And, you know, to, to top that off, instead of getting what everybody says, and even the baseball experts said that the Brewers are missing a bat, 
instead of doing that, you went in and you keep bringing in these, you keep bringing in more pitchers that are worse than the guy that you got rid of, you know, and then I, I you know, for me, this kind of all started in the off season when, you know, the, the word was they did need a bat even in the off season. And it, they signed Andrew McCutcheon, and they got all all excited about Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, if you remember when Atanasio was, I forgot what interview he was doing, he's like, we signed Andrew freaking McCutcheon. It's Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> yep, yep. And I'm like, wait a minute. This isn't the McCutcheon that was with the Pirates. This is Andrew McCutcheon, who's hitting, what, 240 right now? Grant, I'll give him, you know, he's gotten a couple, you know, he's gotten a couple key hits in a couple games. But come on, it's not like they went out and signed, you know, Mookie Betts or, you know, did sign Juan Soto or Manny Machado. I mean, this is Andrew McCutcheon, but Brewers fans were all about it, and they were excited because it's Andrew McCutcheon who's going to hit either third or fourth, and the Wolves pulled over their eyes, and it's been pulled over the John, appreciate the phone call, man. I think you're done on there. Have a good one. 414-677-1250, 414-677-1250. I think he is exactly right. Get excited about Andrew McCutcheon and all this stuff. Nothing wrong with McCutcheon. Love the dude. Love the player. But I think there are some serious issues with their organizational philosophy, their thought process right now, because I don't know that they're 100% correct on the things that they're thinking. 414-677-1250. Again, 414-677-1250. There was some other big news that could affect the Brewers from over the weekend in Major League Baseball. We'll talk about that next here on the Bart Winkler Show with Toby and Tim. It's the Bart Winkler Morning Show, 12.50 a.m. The Fan. I'm Toby Altizer in for Bart Winkler alongside Tim Shea. Some big news in the baseball world over the weekend. San Diego Padres do all these crazy moves at the deadline, and they think, man, we're going to get Juan Soto. We're going to get Josh Bell. We're going to get Brandon Drury. We're going to bring in Josh Hader. And we're going to do all this, and then on top of it, our superstar Fernando Tatis is coming back. Well, next thing you know, you get the news that he's been suspended 80 games for taking a performance-enhancing drug. And if you thought some of the stuff in the clubhouse for the Brewers was bad, (laughs) with the hater trade and the frustration, at least that's just disappointment, right? Listen to what some of the guys in the Padres clubhouse had to say. So here's a clip. It's going to be Mike Clevenger, a pitcher for the Padres, and then you're going to hear from Manny Machado. Here's the guys in the Padres clubhouse after finding out Fernando Tatis has been suspended for 80, 80 games. Very disappointed. It's uh, you know, the second time we've been disappointed with him, and it's just, you know, you hope he grows up and, you know, learns from this and learns that it's not just, you know, it's about more than just him right now. No, look at this clubhouse. We, we really don't need anybody else. It would be nice to have somebody else, but we don't need anybody else. we got everyone we need right here. You know, he hasn't been part of part of the team all year, and, um, you know, we, we've gotten to this point so far without him. Hope, you know, we're, we're waiting to, to get him back and hopefully uh, you know, him to be a spark plug for the team. But, um, you know, we've been doing it all year, just continue doing it. Same message um, continues to go since, since day one, since we had all year. So. We still have the same goal, you know, which is to try to make a World Series and bring a championship to San Diego, and that's what we're going to try to continue to do. Um, (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So, uh, wow. I mean, thankfully the Brewers were good about this. When Devin Williams punched a wall last year, you didn't hear any of that, right? He kind of came out and addressed it himself. Tatis, like, he put out a statement and everything, but holy smokes, these guys, I don't know if they're going to accept him back in that clubhouse after that. 
they might be trading him. <laughs> I, but the thing is, how can you wow. trade his contract? Was he no. have like 13 yeah. years, 300 million left? How do you trade that? So, I mean, at this point, looking at Tatis and hearing from those guys, does that maybe open a chance in the wild card? And the reason I bring this up is because of that. You know, I think this team is still going to be really good. Like Manny Machado said, like Clevenger said as well, they've gotten to where they're at without him. They've been pretty good. And then at the deadline, they went all in more so. <laughs> this is kind of like, uh, what was it, the Rams last year going all in? They went all in more so than any other team goes all in. They, they just go in and say, you know what? You're a prospect. You're not going to be with our organization anymore. Every single guy in their top 30, basically, was shipped out of town, it seemed like. But they bring in Soto and all these guys, and they thought they'd bring in Fernando Tatis because he was making his way back. He was going to be back in the next couple of weeks. And now they're without him. And I believe going into next season, they're without him for another 42 games to start next year. I mean, <laughs> that message from the clubhouse was very stern. Again, you heard from Clevenger to begin there. You just hope the dude grows up and understands. <laughs> but does that maybe leave a door open for the Brewers if everything doesn't go their way in the Central to maybe get that third wild card spot? Well, let's take a look. I don't think it does. I, I really don't. Because even if they don't, they're still too good of a baseball team. Yeah, It's almost like a icing on the cake if they got Fernando Tatis back. They, they haven't played with him all year. Exactly. I mean, it's just words. So, I mean, they, they would have gotten him back and it would have helped them out. But like you said, they haven't played with them. And at this point, they're still just too good without him. And that's their schedule is... It's... Pretty much easy. I mean, they get the Dodgers a couple times. Well, and they'll lose all those games. They can't beat the Dodgers. These next 10 games or so, Miami, Washington, Cleveland, Kansas City. The Dodgers must look at the Padres as like the (laughs) little brother. And I think they really take it seriously because it seems like the Dodgers beat everyone, Mm -hmm. but they crush the Padres. Like, it's supposed to be this great rivalry. Remember last year? Mm-hmm. It was like that first game, and it was awesome. We went to extras and everything, and they just kill them every they, single time they match up. They play them nine times. Oof. So, I mean, maybe. Oh, and nine. If, if, yeah. <laughs> maybe, but the Brewers have to win. I mean. Well, the Brewers got the Dodgers tonight, yeah. and they're going to have to win these games. I'm interested to see, but I don't know. Maybe that leaves a little bit of a door open for a wild card spot, but even so. I like the Brewers pitching, but they still got Juan Soto. They've still got Manny Machado, like Drury, Josh Bell. I mean, that, that hitting lineup is stacked, even without Tati. So I think they're going to be fine. But I don't know. Maybe it leaves just a tiny bit of a sliver of the window open for them. Maybe, maybe they could slip in to that third wild card spot, but I wouldn't count on it. Brewers really need to win at least split this series. But at this point, I want winning series. Even if it's a four-game set against the Dodgers, I don't care. Find a way to win it. You got four against the Dodgers, then three against the Cubs, then three again against the Dodgers. Five and five, sure, it might be acceptable. But at this point in the season, if you go five and five during that stretch and the Cardinals go six and four, seven and three during that stretch, you're going to find yourself two and a half, three and a half games out of first place with about a month and a week or two left in the season, that's not giving yourselves a very good chance. It's just not. So the 
tonight, it's going to be very imperative for the Brewers to come out ready to go because I know one thing. The Dodgers, they're going to be ready to go. They finally had their winning streak snapped yesterday. They'd won 12 in a row, so they don't, they're not going for 14, but they can start another one tonight against the crew. So it's going to be interesting to watch tonight. Excited to see what the Brewers do. And just take a bite of that apple. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How about that? I'm so sick of bites of the apple. There you go. I knew you were into ASMR. <laughs> I knew you. I knew that was it's your thing. It's so gross. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break from the Brewers because the Brewers took a break from us. 414-677-1250. We'll talk Packers football coming up in the final hour of the Bart Winkler Show next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 